Dear Diary, what happens when Ryan, Mark, and Erica watch a movie that all three of them absolutely love? Question mark. Stay tuned to find out. Music! Welcome to the New World Podcast, where we talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. I am Ryan, and I am joined, as usual, by Mark. I'm still here. And Erica. Hello. And tonight, we are talking about 1989's Heathers. Music! And we Again! Trailer. <laughs> More music? Oh, trailer! Veronica. She's got it all. It's a great pate, but I got a motor if I want to be ready for that party tonight. So, when you go to college, what subjects do you think of study? Her friends are the most popular girls in school. I'm worshipped Westerberg, and I'm only a junior. The coolest guys. I just want to get laid. Want to date her. <laughs> she should be happy. <laughs> She's looking for something special. And one day, she found him. Greetings and salutations. Who's that guy in the cold think he is, anyways? Who did he? His name is Jason Dean. It's in my American history. You're gonna eat this? Hey, Ram, doesn't this cafeteria have a no fags allowed rule? Oh, yeah. They seem to have an open-door policy for assholes, though, don't they? What did you say, dickhead? I'll repeat myself. They called him J.D., he was a rebel. Chaos is great. Chaos is what killed the dinosaurs, darling. A romantic. Is this as good for you as it is for me? A guy who swept Veronica off her feet. It's a lot more interesting than just flinging off your clothes and boning away on a neighbor's swing set. And into a nightmare. The most amusing nightmare. Did you miss him completely? You've ever seen. I love my dead gay son. But this is no ordinary story of young love. That, that knife is filthy. What do you think I'm going to do with it? Take out her tonsils? I don't really like my friends. I don't really like your friends either. That's it. We're breaking up. It's going to be the kind of thing. Dear Diary. We're doing a podcast about the movie Heathers. Do you think kids now, do you think that brings up a great point, Ryan? Oh, Thanks. oh you're welcome. Do you think podcasts are the new diary? Uh, I think so. I mean, I am wearing a monocle, so I feel like it suits. You but know? you always uh, wear a monocle. I mean, you've yeah, been wearing it since high school. Only when I podcast. That's the only time I wear a monocle. But isn't the idea of a podcast to broadcast it while a diary is something that you're not supposed to share with anyone? Wait a minute. We're broadcasting oh, this? Shoot. Are this people listening not... to this? 
This no, is not nobody. private conversations that we nobody's have? Nobody's listening to this. Nobody. <laughs> oh, we're fine. It's a diary. <laughs> While we're on the subject, While we're on the subject and nobody's listening. Can you, come here. <laughs> okay. Can you guys lean in? Lean in. Lean in. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is um, This is a good movie. <laughs> I know. I know. I hold know. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Shh, shh, shh. It might be the best movie that New World has ever made. I so, wondered if you were going to say that. Here's the thing. We shouldn't be reviewing this now. Know, we should be reviewing this like two years from now. Because next week will invariably be a disappointment. Right? <laughs> that is not a good way to set up <laughs> fans of this podcast, of which there's got to be at least one. I think maybe next week we could just rewatch and re-review Love Letters. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I did not want to call this the best movie that New World's ever made, but I will. I did want to ask: Is this the best movie that we have seen so far? Because mm, to be yes. fair, we haven't seen every movie. Mm. We have not seen all, and we have seen many New World movies, but we have not seen all of the New World movies. But this is probably the best one we've seen so far. Or is Love Letters still the best, Erica? Oh God! I knew you were going to ask me this. Oh God, guys, lean in, lean in, <laughs> lean in. Don't ever make me choose between these two movies ever again. How dare you? But if I must choose, and I feel like I must for the sake of this diary cast, I think oh God, Jamie Lee, Jim Henson. I'm so sorry. I think. Heather's is better. Oh, God. It's better. Oh, mm. oh, wow. Jamie Lee is a big, devoted fan of this podcast after our I'm last sorry, episode. sorry, Jamie Lee. After two episodes ago when we talked about love letters. So she's going to be very disappointed. But, um, but yes, uh, Heather's is a very good movie. Um, let's quickly, uh, let's, let's talk about what, what this movie is about. Erica? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I wasn't be pre- I, I, I wasn't pre- I wasn't prepared to be started with um, goodness uh geez what's it about what's it about it's definitely about diaries um, yes, sure it's definitely about um, being in high school clicks what it's like to be on either side of those clicks I guess. Um, Mark, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared to give a brief dissemination of what this movie's about. Mark? Um, I think everything Erica said was right, but my big takeaway is that... Ha! In your face, Ryan! <laughs> is that when you are... you. When you are in your 40s to early 50s, it is. It's truly important to understand how to make great pate. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, that's all there. That's the lesson in life, right there. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest takeaway from this film. To be honest, there's a. It films about a lot of things, as Erica was saying, but the ultimate takeaway is step up your pate game. Yeah. Well, you also, know? if you think that high school kids aren't into pate, you're wrong. They no, just yeah, never had is... great pate. You don't know high school kids if you don't think that. I remember Mark being quite a fan of pate, actually, in, in high school. I did like good pate. Legit skis. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the diary episode. So, I mean, let's talk about it. Let's talk about, let's just spill those secrets on this cast. You know? <laughs> on this diary cast? On this diary cast. 
Well, my grandmother, our grandmother, made some nope, uh, just pretty solid pate <laughs> when I was in high school. Yeah. I would say yeah. that that pate lost some of its zip later on. Yeah. But there was a peak time. But I would say uh, in the 80s, grandma, like her pate game really peaked. It was like, uh, you know, early, like third, 29, 30 year old LeBron was her pate game in 1988. Yeah. Yeah. And I would try to convince my friends, hey, man, get get in on some of this pate. Didn't go over quite. Second or third championship with the Heat, basically LeBron era. Like yeah, the- absolutely, absolutely. Not yeah, not yeah. one championship, not two, not three. Yeah, like kind of that era, you know. Well, that's before he actually won an actual championship, and he lost. They lost the first year, but we're talking Jeez. middle of four. <laughs> this is a different four. podcast. That's your. Yeah. This is. Your- I don't. I don't understand the reference, but um, <laughs> I, I don't think I would like pate because I'm not a big sports fan. Although I do think LeBron is a lovely man. I don't, it, it sounds like pate might be involved in sports somehow. And I just, I already feel confused and lost. I don't. Let me just get us back on track. Is LeBron a pate fan? Ooh. Or is he too young? He might be too young. I think he's, it, no, he's got those pate jowls, you know, that, that beard kind of how it comes to the side. That's like for pack and pate. That's how I read that. <laughs> yeah. I think what, what we're talking about is that when you're in high school, you're a fan of pate. But as you get older and really deep into middle age, you have to learn how to become a great chef of pate. So, th- so this is definitely at least the best movie we have seen so far. And it is, uh, for those who haven't seen it, which could could be the case, um, it is a... Uh, so glad this podcast could be your, yes, your could, entry point. Yes, your entry point to this movie. <laughs> um, it is a satire on John Hughes movies, uh, but sort of taking what was popular at the time, uh, kind of a big thing, a sad thing at the time, which was teen suicide. Uh, and sort of utilizing that uh, uh, as a story point in this sort of uh, takedown of John Hughes movies. Which um, when you when you think about that today, like that, it, it that doesn't sound like a trend that you'd be like, you know what? There was that trend when we were like really into teen suicide movies. But that really did happen. It doesn't make sense. It didn't really make sense even then. But it no, was a it real was, popular thing. It kind of was a popular thing, which is crazy to think about. Um, now, I guess that has kind of been replaced by school shootings, which we, was not a thing at the time. But now it's sort of a thing. In fact, um, on the uh, 30th anniversary Blu-ray that I watched for this, uh, there's a there's a, a, a chit-chat with uh, the cast and the crew and everybody talking about the movie that I think came from like the early, maybe the, I want to say the late, maybe the late 90s, early 2000s. But in any case, Winona talks about how there was a suicide at her school and this goth girl uh, killed herself and everybody went to the funeral and then everybody talked about how much they liked her when nobody had liked her in reality. And she mm-hmm. thought everybody was being very, very fake. And then she got the script for Heathers. Hmm. And she was like, she really responded to the script and really wanted to be in this movie at the time that she had. This is her first starring role that she had done, though. She had been in a couple other small supporting roles and she had shot Beetlejuice prior to this, but it had not come out. So then, Ryan, what do you think this movie is about? 
I think this is a story about a high school girl who gets away with murder. <laughs> oh, it's just so easy for Ryan to go third and know what this movie's about. Basically spoon fed him the plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeez. Well, she does. I mean, she does get away with it. And then, yeah, you know, she does. And she also becomes the most popular girl at school. She, you know, she, uh, has her boyfriend do all the dirty work and then she uh, gets to go single rule the school and, you know, get away with murder. So, so yes. Okay. So then let's talk about this. Why, how does she get to that point? Now the movie starts and she is her best friends are these three Heathers, the most popular people in the school, presumably Mm -hmm. at least the three most popular women in the school. For sure. Um, And She's from the very beginning, she's set up as sort of the cynical one that doesn't really know why she's friends with them. Doesn't like she's always sort of the dissenting voice. I'll say that like the opening scene where it's in the cafeteria and they use they go from table to table asking them this this survey, uh, which is like if you won a million dollars, but you were going to die in two days, what would you do? Mm -hmm. It's a great mechanism for learning about all the personalities very quickly. I mean, you're always interested through every answer of like, oh, what's that person going to say? What's the other person going to say? And I wish more movies just kind of adopted that of like, you really got to know a whole cafeteria of people very, very quickly. And I give it a lot of credit. It was like, that scene is, you forgot by that moment, by minute 10 into the movie, you forgot that at the beginning of the movie, they showed you the New World logo. Like that is completely vanished from your mind. Right. Because every time, every new world movie always has a new world moment where you're like, oh yeah, I'm watching a new world movie. (laughs) This one does not. You could completely forget that it's a new world movie the whole time. Like that opening setup's great. The dialogue is super sharp. I remember in high school, I'm obviously dating myself, but people quoted from that movie constantly especially the women that i went to school with quoted from it all the time it was a huge influence on popular culture at that time in like the late 80s early 90s well certainly once it got to um home video because it did not do so great in theaters but then this is also at the end of new world's i want to say almost their entire existence they did continue to do tv but they were basically done with doing theatrical releases. Did they release so, one more after this? Or was this They it? did release like Under the Boardwalk a month after this one. So they did release this one, but they gave this one almost no help. And uh, because uh, in the commentary, <clears throat> the producer, Denise Denovi, says that she actually wrote a check to New World so that they would put an ad out, but they wouldn't. They were too, uh, they wouldn't cash it. They wouldn't take the check. They're like, no, 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 we won't do it. And then Michael Lehman, the director, jokes that, uh, or actually he says that in the week two of the release of the movie, he told the head of distribution that, that, look, we got good reviews and we're filling up theaters in LA and New York. And yet there's no ad in the LA Times. And I guess the guy responded, there isn't. Hmm. But like, they just they were just done. Like at that point they were going broke. They were trying to figure out how they were going to, you know, manage all their debt. And so they just gave this almost nothing. Imagine, uh, and we'll eventually get there. Uh, 
but I don't know how much we will learn. The director and the writer and the cast and crew of Under the Boardwalk, who <laughs> really got no support <laughs> if, the, if the movie of Heathers did not get any support. But that's I think, what we should watch next. But I think in a way, that's partly, there's a lot of things about why I think what goes into this movie, why it makes it good, is that, first of all, you had uh, a first-time director, Michael Lehman. This is his first big mm-hmm. feature. Though he did make another movie for New World that he was supposed to set up first, but he shot this one first. And then uh, it's the first movie that Daniel Waters wrote. Yep. It's the first movie that Denise Denovi, she'd been working for New World, but this is the first movie she produced. It's the first Winona Ryder uh, lead performance. Yeah. And at that point, New World is going under. So they let them just do whatever they want. The only thing they had, the only quibble they had was the ending. And right. other than that, they just let them kind of just do whatever they wanted. And they didn't because they were probably concerned with how they were going to, you know, uh, deal with the business side of everything. And so they just kind of let them do whatever they wanted. So I think that has a lot to do with um, why this movie was actually so good. Uh, and like you said, why you can see the New World logo, and, but you didn't get a New World movie per se. So, well, plus you had you had a up and coming Christian Slater you know, you had you had Shannon Doherty in this. You had people who, I mean, Shannon Doherty had been in uh, Little House on the Prairie. Right. So, I mean, you had some star power that was coming into this, at least people that were up and comers. And certainly for that, for the age group of the audience, it was people that were, you know, the, it, like you're coming off of uh, sort of the, those, the, a lot of teen movies where a lot of those stars had, had started to gain some traction. You actually had people that were of the appropriate age. Yeah, amazingly. The writer was 15 at the start of production. They had her 16th birthday during the shoot. So they actually got her uh, like a sweet 16 cake during during production. And I think Shannon Doherty was like a year younger or so. Right. Um, Christian Slater was only maybe 19, 18. So, Who's doing, of course, as everyone knows... He's uh, doing his best Jack Nicholson impression that he can through the entire movie. Though he continues uh, to do it in several movies. So you wonder no, if only that movie, like... only that movie. I mean, <laughs> if you want to see him do Jack Nicholson, watch this movie. Cause he never does it again. Ever, <laughs> ever. Yeah. It's kind of a like, thing. I think it's what he watch was doing. This, then watch pump up the volume. Totally different characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's entirely different. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, what was the thing I was going to say next? Uh, oh, yeah. Dear Diary. Oh, funny moment in... Uh, yeah, Dear Diary. I really lost my place in the podcast. And I was very embarrassed <laughs> by it. Um, and neither Erica or Mark decided to jump in. And they just left me... Nope. Hang. Dear Diary. It was so awesome when Ryan lost his place. I just let him hang and sat over here quietly laughing to myself. <laughs> no it's funny though about all the guys that they, that they are all age appropriate essentially for this movie is that during uh, the director's commentary that i watched of this movie the writer daniel waters keeps pointing out all the people in the hallways because the people in the hallways if you watch this movie uh or if you've watched it watch it again all the people walking in the hallways of the high school are all well into Older. their 30s <laughs> And he's just like, <laughs> look at how old everyone is. Like, the only people that are age appropriate are, you know, uh, like I said, Winona Ryder, Shannon Doherty, 
Christian Slater and a few others, but everyone else is, is, is a lot older. Um, Maybe that's why teenagers hate it because they're so used to <laughs> movies about teenagers played by 30 year olds mm-hmm. that when they watch movies played by teenagers depicting teenagers, they hate know. it. They reject it. I think this is one of the better uh, Winona Ryder performances too. It like, is a really solid performance from her. And she she's is so young. Always good though. She's always been. Ah, uh, Nope. 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 <laughs> She is not always good. And I really like Winona Ryder a lot, but she's not always good. In fact, a few... Dear Diary, Ryan hates Winona Ryder. (laughs) Jesus. A couple years after this, in fact, she does a segment uh, of Jim Jarmusch's Night on Earth when she is very much miscast in the segment in New York. But she brings one of the... Um, and then she brings it back in 1995 and how to make an American quilt and just kills it. So how dare you, Ryan? How dare you? I knew we were going to have that movie come up. Uh, she gets a role for her buddy, though, Lizanne Falk, who plays Heather McNamara. And they became real friends. Mm-hmm. Like, real diehard <clears throat> friends. Now, I want to... Um, we've talked about the movie. We all like it, right? We all yes. like this movie. Yeah. There are some people that maybe don't like this movie. Dear Diary... For the first time ever, Ryan, Mark, and I liked something. <laughs> the same thing. Now, that's not true. I think if we go back through our history uh, thus far, that's why I say it's the best movie we've seen this thus far. But we all really liked uh, The Big Doll House. Yeah, certainly. We all liked Death Race 2000. Yep. Yeah. Yes. We all liked Sorcerer. Nod your head, Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm just like, do I remember recording that? I... Uh, you may not remember recording it. Um, Sorceress was a big hit. Oh, that was Pando. That Pando. If Pando was in this movie, it would be the best movie Imagine, ever. And I would yeah, never watch anything this, else. This this would be the best movie on earth. This would have, it really would have been too good. Dear Diary, Pando came over to my house today. It was so wonderful to hang out with him. Listening to his goat noises just soothes me to sleep. Luckily, LeBron had left some pate behind, so we enjoyed it together. (laughs) That certainly would have also married together the two different eras of New World, one being the Roger Corman one, and this one is the second one after Roger had sold the company. And uh, so I certainly think this could be uh, potentially the best movie of that era. But uh, there are people that maybe didn't like this movie, and and, and researching this right away when we decided to do this movie... I came across this article from April of last year, uh, 2019. Really, time stamps this episode, doesn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing they warn you not to do in podcasting, I will just do again and again. Anyway, it's June 2020. June 26th and 9.42 Pacific time. Everyone got that? But no big deal. Listen, this is evergreen. You can listen to this at any it's time. It's timeless. It's timeless. <laughs> but the movie or the article that I saw, which is from therap.com, uh, is, is called... I'm R.I.P. 20- if you're listening to this in the future. <laughs> right. Did the rap make like, it? What is that? The rap.com? I'm going to have to go to an internet archive in order to see this. <laughs> what is this .com you talk about? <laughs> right. right. Everything's .gov at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Did you guys watch Netflix.gov last night? <laughs> uh, we sounded so young during this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but essentially, the article is titled, I'm 24 and just watched Heathers for the first time. Yikes. So, uh, in is less than 15 minutes... a good yikes or a bad yikes? It is a bad yikes. Oh. Essentially, they start the article by saying... Uh, there are, you know, it's the opening scene that you just were talking about where they're doing the quiz. We're introducing everybody, including Christian Slater's character of JD. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he pulls out his gun and shoots at these two jocks that try to give him some grief. And blanks. Uh, blanks. He's, he shoots he's shooting blanks. blanks. But he said that mm-hmm. moment, yeah, like he says, my roommates and I sat there with our jaws open. Was this supposed to be funny? Now they said they turned on the eight this because they knew it was a movie from the eighties and they knew Slater from Mr. Robot and Winona Ryder from Stranger Things. That's what that's their touchstones. So, um, which is either something you were you are shaking your head at or you are nodding in unison with. And there's no in between. There's no in between. <laughs> no, I think there's an in between where people are like, I don't know what either of those shows are. <laughs> Yeah, right. Right. The 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 one shut in that is completely removed uh, him or herself from all things pop culture, but will listen to this podcast. God bless you, shut in. Thank you. Thank you. Shut-in. That one person was so stoked when we reviewed Striker. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast again, shut in. Don't forget to leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Shut in says, I don't know what Apple Podcasts is. Let me type in applepodcast.gov. It doesn't work. <laughs> From the future. All right. So so they figure why not? They knew it was the 30th anniversary. Um, they decided to watch it. It was also like they 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 grew up this this author grew up in the Chicago suburbs, so he talks about the John Hughes movies. So he knew those ones were pretty good. And maybe we'd see something like that from Heather's. And now I'm going to quote the article. But when my roommates and I started watching, the movie rubbed us the wrong way from the start. Uh For my generation, the way to beat the popular girls and the jocks in 2019 isn't to stoop lower than they are on the moral totem pole. Our technique is to vent on Twitter and let the likes and retweets console you. No crimes required. Except cyberbullying and rubbing one out during a movie and then typing about it. <laughs> no, Next rub article. Their, no, rub them wrong, not rub them right. Oh, I misread it. Sorry. Uh, so uh, there's more to this article, of course. But uh, I, what was interesting is that in an interview with Daniel Waters, the writer, and Michael Lehman, the director, on the Blu-ray, he actually mentions this article. Hmm. Which I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So what he he does, and he's mentioned this in a couple interviews now that I've looked through some of his interviews. He will talk about this, and he loves to go down to uh, the comment section. Um, and so there's a lot, a lot of comments. Yikes! A lot of comments. One, but I'll just read a couple here. One says, "You're 24 and still have a lot of growing up to do." That is the <laughs> that is the entire entire response. get off my lawn you <laughs> writer 
Take your typewriter and get off my lawn. <laughs> right below it, a guy says, I can't wait to see Omar's script about fighting bullies by using Twitter instead of violence. Also, <laughs> this article makes me think we're probably doomed as a species. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, some of them are just trying to tell him, like, I think you maybe missed the point, you know, um, uh, which, of course, he did. Uh, you know, I always saw this movie as like um, sort of like uh sort of a fantasy of like if you were able to sort of take the popular kids and you were you know you every high school is going to have like different cliques and i can just say for myself i was not in the popular one what what (laughs) screech what you would think the guy that hosts the high school news show would be (laughs) right up there in terms of uh, popularity but nope uh, I hate this. I uh, hate to to uh, surprise anybody. You think but... a member of the band, theater, and French club would also be at the height of popularity <laughs> at her Midwestern high school? Yet, and yet, and yet. Um, so yeah, I was looking at just it like... as popular as the goth at Santa Fe Christian. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yes, you got real specific. <laughs> 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 I wanted to talk about the fact that she, you know, when I talk about joke about Winona getting away with murder, when they do shoot uh, the two jocks, uh, Ram and the other guy, like she does shoot one of them. I mean, she ends up shooting one of them. Now she thinks the bullets are fake, but like, does that ruin her as a character to you guys? That's what I was going to mention. I didn't put that in my no, because I think it goes back to whether she thought that Heather won, that was she really going to kill Heather one or not? Because he, like, like Joe Bob says that he uses whatever the French term is for lie, for a lie as saying that that's the name of the bullets right, the German, or the German yeah, term right. for lie. And so there's a wink that like, of course she knew that. And she's so quick to believe it. Like, oh, so when you shoot it, it's not real. And there, I mean... I guess it's up to for debate, but I would argue she knew what she was doing. Also, when you turn a gun to someone and you pull the trigger, whether it's blanks or not, as someone who's shot guns, like you don't do that unless you have every intention of shooting. Right. Like, even if it's blanks, you're like, but if it's not, I'm shooting you. So I'm not going to do that unless I have actual intent. Yeah, I mean, so there's a little bit, like, she gets blood on her hands, and, like, we kind of still like her anyway, and we do kind of say it's all cool, but she does We never kinda... said we liked her. No, 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 she's actually a very bad right. person, she's because in the end, person. in the end, she doesn't like that they're going to blow up the whole school, but she can't. you can't deny that she's also, like, I'm okay with the fact that we killed these other people, right. but I just want you killing JD these kill people. Himself and is like, right. and whatever. And is like, okay. Right. I mean, she's yeah. not a not great a great, person, not a great person. You know. Yeah, that's what that, that's what we kind of no. wanted to bring up. That's why I mean, she gets away with murder, and we're like, I mean, we're we're ultimately we like her in terms of at least we're cool with watching her be the character, but she's not like the she's not a great person. You know. No, she's not a good person at all. Yeah. She's a, she's just as bad as the Heathers, arguably worse yeah. than the Heathers. Because she's actually... In her attempt to say that they are the worst people in the high school, she is worse than them. Because she actually murders people. Right. And and also, she's in the clique, but she's like, ugh, this is... I made a bad choice. 
by ditching my friends and yeah. joining these douches. But like you still kind of ditched out on your friends and you're trying to play play both sides and you're still trying to have it both ways, but like you kind of left your your pals but I think there was always like a little bit of like that sort of like fantasy where you were like, yeah, what if we were just to kill the popular people, which of course you would never do, but it was just a fantasy. And that's what I feel like this movie kind of plays out. What if it became something that they actually did instead of it just being this. And I think that's why this movie actually has so much staying power. Yeah. And I think it, it does a great job of capturing both sides of the spectrum because you have, um, Winona Ryder's character, who is part of the popular club, she wants to get out of the popular club. She actually despises the popular club. So for those who were in the popular club and were always just like, I really didn't feel like I fit in. I was in there, but I didn't want to be. Then she meets up with Christian Slater's character, JD, who is like the least popular person. He's the new kid at school. So he's like the one everyone just wants to pick on anyway. And they unite forces to basically throw down the, the popular regime, so to speak. But you're really getting both sides. You can cover the full ground of people in their high school experience that found it miserable either in the popular sector or like the new kid that didn't get along with people. And you even get like the the fat shamed kid who, you know, ultimately comes out on top in the end. But you know, I mean, you, you definitely feel all sides of the high school experience in this movie. Yeah. So I think it really does a great job of capturing no matter where you were on that spectrum, something about it. There's you something in this like movie the, for you. You even get the nerds. You get yeah. like kind of the you get all of it. You get the jocks. You get you kind of you really do get to kind of get a little bit of everybody. <clears throat> Plus, there's um an, an above average uh, amount of cro- uh, croquet in this movie. Yes, which I mean, I was I was thinking about this. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. Oh. Uh, hold on. Uh, uh, did you, Erica, I'll, I'll ask you, did you have a croquet set when you grew up? I did not. I asked my wife, did you have a croquet set growing up? She said, I don't even know what that game is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ryan, did we have a croquet set growing up? We did. I think we might be the only people in our peer group <laughs> who had a cro- cro- croquet yeah. set. We didn't know how to play it very well. Well, we did not uh, that, play by any rules. No, we did because we played the simplified version because croquet was really popular in the UK in the late 1800s. Oh, then, oh here we go. Here so we go. after World War II, a bunch of toy makers started making a simplified version that was sort of like a children's game. So while the typical like so the typical home game, you had nine wickets and two stakes. Uh, and it used kind of a house rules that were, you know, made for unmanicured lawns. And it was just m- more about like going through and getting the ball through the different um, wickets and between the uh, the two stakes. The competitive game uh, was a six wicket game and followed a much more strict rule, ba- like much more strict rules, more than I can get into in this podcast. Uh, the game was. I think much we more have time, po- Mark. Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I think I think. We'll save it. We'll save it for the bonus footage. Go to our Patreon. I'll talk all about croquet to you. Um, we'll do a separate for all our patrons. Separate. We're going to do yeah. a separate. Mark's croquet. Game of croquet for you. So it was enormously popular in the 1970s and into the 1980s. Uh, according to the Croquet Association of America, it is seeing a massive resurgence in popularity. Although I haven't, not a single person has invited me to play croquet or said, hey, 
what were you doing this weekend? Oh, I was playing croquet. But there are two clubs in the greater Los Angeles area, one in Pasadena and one in Beverly Hills. So should we want to get into it? Now could be the time. Mm. Mm. Dear diary, no one has invited me to play croquet. However, I've infiltrated the CAA, the Croquet Association of America. So soon, soon, diary, vengeance will be mine. Look out, Pasadena Croquet Club. And croquet (laughs) plays such a significant part of this movie. Obviously, the opening scene, one of the most famous scenes, is them playing croquet in the very beginning. Winona Ryder's character being uh, buried in the ground and they're hitting the ball against her head. Right. Uh, But there's even a scene later on when... Winona Ryder's character and Christian Slater's character, they get together, they sneak out of the house, and then for reasons that I don't understand, they decide to have sex in the backyard of the parents' house. It seems like that's like a prime opportunity to get caught, but they say that they played strip croquet. I have no idea how you would play strip croquet. But with two people, assuming that you're starting on either side of the croquet (laughs) set, are you crunching? Are you crunching no, strip croquet? No, no, I'm just saying that there's, yes. there's, there would be underwear. There's underwear on one of the stakes, right? So there's yeah. underwear. So either Winona Ryder was great at croquet because she didn't give up her underwear till the end where she got to the other stake, or she's the worst croquet player ever and lost all her clothes before she even got to the second <laughs> wicket. They never explained this, but when I watch that scene, I swear to God, I think of that every time. <laughs> this <clears throat> This is for the guy that has given up on all uh so uh, all pop culture but is a diehard croquet fan. <laughs> right. But why he is why nodding like, "Yep, yep." There are so many better strip games that you could play than strip croquet. Like, how do you come up with that? Like, yeah, strip cornhole. You could do that. Strip cornhole. <laughs> you could. You could. I think they kind of made up the rules as they went. That's my guess. But um, So they, I'm saying if, if you're going to play strip cornhole, I would play the rule of fives, meaning that every, for every five-point differential between serves, you have to lose an article of clothing. Or... If the opposite opposite team fails to score a point and you're able to push all of their bags off the board, which would be five bags, then you get then that the other team, that other server takes off a pair of clothes. Or if you manage to get five bags in the hole, the other server has to take off a pair of uh, uh, some article of clothing. I'm just saying that, that I that's how I thought about like if you're going to play strip cornhole, how could you do it? Yeah, you're. I like that you're in your version of strip cornhole. You still are trying to make it a very competitive match of cornhole. Yeah. Always, and you Always. said team, so basically it's a cornhole <laughs> orgy at this point. Uh, you know, you're like yeah. you're waiting. You're waiting for a five point differential, which is like uh, not that not not that difficult if somebody's not very good at cornhole. But if anybody has any ability to throw a beanbag, this might be a while before you get to that five. Well, but that's, that's like the foreplay of strip cornhole. <laughs> you got to earn it. Yeah. If, if you or want something guys, like I'm going to start trying to lose just so I can get some clothes off. If you want to play something quick and dirty, you could play strip Marco Polo. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? As soon as you get tagged, you got to take off clothes. And, you know, you did. That's a quick game. Pretty soon, everyone's naked in the pool. 
You can, again, it can move everyone. quick. Everyone. <laughs> so it's a again, large group. You're going to play with a large this group. This is a Marco Polo orgy. This is not a two-person wow. game of Marco Polo. This is a large crowd. Well, I mean, if you want to really slow it down and just make it for couples, you could do Strip Battleship, but that's going to take a long time. <laughs> you sunk my battleship and my jeans. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. So uh, they did say in the commentary that they picked Croquet because it is a game where you can be quite cruel in it because it is about knocking people out of place. and mm-hmm. so- and there's a scene... Oh, symbolism, uh, I get it. Yeah, because there is a scene where they kind of talk about that when he she plays... When um, Veronica, uh, Winona Ryder's character, plays, uh, plays, plays it with Betty Finn, played by Renee Estevez. Um, and you might know her as the... Uh, Renee, Renee Sheen? Of... <laughs> uh, uh, she would be Estevez, much like Emilio Estevez. It's, it's Charlie Sheen, her brother, who decided to to uh, eschew the Estevez name um, and stick with the father's uh, eschewed name, I guess. Martin Sheen. In any case, um, so that's why they chose that 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 uh, that game. I guess I I'm so unfamiliar with croquet that I even though we did play it a bit as kids. And I, I always ended up with my clothes off, so I was, like, not a fan. <laughs> and we always played it with a large group of kids, so it was really kind of uh, embarrassing yeah. to be the only one with your clothes off. <laughs> Meanwhile, this, like, old simpleton, I'm over here doing old strip Marco Polo with my pals. Alone. Alone in an above-ground pool. <laughs> you know what, Ryan? Everybody plays it their own way, so... <laughs> So Winona Ryder and Christian Slater decide to kill after accidentally killing Heather one with accidentally what, though. Mm. Yeah. I mean, she, they serve her. What is it? Drain cleaner. That, yeah. But if someone hands you a cup of drain cleaner, I don't care how hungover and tired you are. You're going to smell that first, right? Before you shove that down your gullet. Yeah, I think the fact that they tried to say, oh, they tried to dare her by saying she wasn't going to be able to handle it. Um, I think that was enough. That's enough. And and yes, there is As a... somebody who's taken a lot of dares, you know, I'm probably lucky that I haven't yeah, drank Yeah, you weren't out. given. I mean, yeah. I didn't crunch the numbers on it, but, you know, I've done a lot of dares. Yeah, that, that is, that is, there is a theory they were saying that there are people that, that wonder, like, did Winona grab the wrong cup on purpose or did she right. grab the wrong cup uh, or did she just not know that she was grabbing the cup? I, I think she didn't know because Christian Slater starts to tell her, Oh, you got to grab the one the wrong one and then stops. But, but one could that, take a that different death, view of this movie. That death is easily my favorite because before she goes crashing down on that glass table, she says corn nuts. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, that's uh, that is you know what that is a top five last thing to say before you die. Yep. <laughs> and that is actually uh, that is the first Heather that is uh, uh, Heather Chandler, which played by Kim Walker, who was Christian Slater's girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. What? What yes. a cheater! But she, <laughs> I believe, the director said uh, that they were not dating by the end of production. Oh, so 
Oops. He's one of two people that have passed away. Now, uh, it's hard for me to do a lot of research on this movie because <clears throat> it was on Joe Bob Briggs's uh, last drive-in show. Mm-hmm. And he cribbed a lot of really good information I found from an interview that uh, Daniel Waters did with the Yahoo Entertainment. Dot gov. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Um, <laughs> backslash Heathers, backslash warning, backslash sensitive, backslash teenage suicide, backslash drugs, backslash satire, <clears throat> backslash, backslash. But backslash. he did, he, so he pointed backslash. this out. Then unfortunately she did, she passed away of a, of a brain tumor and she has a line where she talks about, did you eat a brain tumor? Did for you breakfast? eat a brain tumor for breakfast? And that another kid in the movie, Jeremy Applegate, uh, talks about. I don't want to skip ahead, but one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite scene, which is her the funeral for Heather Chandler, when everybody does their voiceover and you get to hear what everybody's thinking, including some of the sort of side characters mm-hmm. as they sort of like bend another great scene next to her to her open casket. Yeah, Incre- I love that scene. It's just filled with hilarious bits favorite left scenes? and right. It is a favorite. Are, Wait, are favorite we there? I don't want to jump ahead. Right, let's do, let's do it. Favorite scenes. Ryan, favorite scenes. That's Ryan my favorite scene. That's my favorite scene. I love that scene. But in in that, Jeremy uh, Applegate, who plays Peter, he mentions who is like the do gooder trying to raise money for all these other causes and all that. He talks about like I couldn't handle if I committed suicide, and he later then committed suicide. So those unfortunately are the people we've lost. Um, also, Glenn Shaddix, who played the father, who is in a variety of movies, he's also passed away as well. Who I think every scene, with... every scene with the parents, I those are my favorite scenes because oh, yeah. it's always like Wait, him, like with the sticker being like, right? "Why do I smoke these?" Right? Because you're an idiot. Oh, and you and all oh, <laughs> every oh you two every time I was like, that's just it's just com- comedy gold every time. Also, when the mom comes in and she's pretending to hang herself and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I should have let you take that job at the mall, but I was just nervous. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the thing. Her reaction is pretty, pretty hilarious. Yeah. Which, again, going back to poor Omar's article, like if you don't realize that this is tongue in cheek about these moments, like when dialogue like that, I'm not 100 percent what you were thought you were watching, you were watching. But um. But and <clears throat> to that end, I would say too that you there's there's talk of like what they should do. Like Omar was talking about how they should maybe put warnings in front of Heather's or just to kind of let people know in case they're triggered or whatever. And then the 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 cast and the crew have often been asked, "Could you make Heather's today?" No, which no, not at all. I would say no. But then uh, I actually saw uh, uh, an interview with We Are Cult uh gov with daniel waters the screenwriter and you know they asked like could you do that right now could you could you actually make this movie now and of course he says okay i know what you're trying to say like columbine would just destroy that right but he's actually like he says the truth is heathers could not be made then either (laughs) you know he said that everybody loved the script and they were happy to it and then when he would ask them like okay when are we gonna make it they were like oh we're not gonna make this you know (laughs) like they were not you know, so it's like, you know, it's it said it's it's difficult to make any movie at any time. And this was a difficult one to have made as well, probably because it was championed by the producer, Denise DeNovi and Michael Lehman, the director, really liked it. And the fact that New World was 
basically closing down is probably the only reason why they got to make it at all. So there's there's no I don't know if you could make it. I don't know if you could make it now, but you, it was hard for them to even make it then. So then, I mean, that begs the question: What was your favorite scene? Oh well, I said it. My favorite scene okay, was Erica. That. Your favorite yeah. scene. Oh, my favorite scene yeah. uh, is the funeral scene of the two football players. Oh yeah, uh, where the dad I shouts, love dead, "I love my son. dead gay son." It just makes me laugh <laughs> yeah. so hard, and you know, my best friends and I would quote that to each other all the time because yeah. it's just so hilarious. It was just so hilarious and such a, you know, funny take on, you know, making fun of all of those kinds of movies. You know. Yeah of the time so yeah that's easily my favorite scene so what would you say would be maybe the things you loved and the things you hated of this movie if we were to start that segment how would that start yeah it's i was wondering i didn't write down a lot i loved a lot of this movie so i feel like we could we would just be talking endlessly about things we love but i will let you guys start it off if you want oh uh i wasn't prepared to go first i um <laughs> wow thank theme. you ryan for selecting me to go first i don't things i loved um yeah things i loved were obviously winona Ryder. How things I-, I loved were also the lunchtime poll we've already mm-hmm. mentioned that but love the lunchtime poll um, another favorite scene of mine, but you know, hands down, my favorite scene is the funeral scene with the dad shouting, I love my dead gay son. But my second favorite scene is, um, Winona Ryder just watching Christian Slater at the end, spoiler alert, just blow himself up and just the smoke that clears and she has the cigarette and she's kind of all like, um, dusty yeah. and ashy mm-hmm. and she just kind of smokes the cigarette. It just... Which is a callback to him, uh, her burning her hand and him lighting the cigarette off of her burnt hand. Yeah. So that's a fun little call, which again is a crazy scene that they allowed to keep that in the movie. Crazy. Um, I think things I hated, if I'm honest, the only, I guess my biggest beef with it is really just the bullying of um, Martha Dumptruck. Yeah. Because yeah. that to me doesn't feel like a satire on anything because yeah. if we are going to have this be a satire on all of the mm, other John mm. Hughes movies, you know, overweight people, unattractive people were also bullied in those movies. So it's not exactly a satirical take on it, in my opinion. So that's, you know, if I have to hate something, it's that because I think that's the only thing that doesn't feel tongue in cheek. It feels like, yeah. but yeah, those people are in real life bullied and made fun of and it's very difficult and then in movies are bullied and made fun of difficult and then in this one which is supposed to be a satire or a funny like you know nightmare version of high school you know what's your dark secret about high school coming out that's still a thing just yeah that's my thing i hate it which <clears throat> goes to one of the original endings of the movie that daniel waters talks about a lot which is that when Winona comes up to Martha dump truck, um, having JD having blown up and everything. And she says, let's go watch some movies together and pop some popcorn. And she that he says that Martha dump truck stands up from her wheelchair. He said it in two different ways, shoots her or stabs her. Um, and then, uh, says, you know, fuck you, Heather. And then, 
And she stands up and says, I can walk, I can walk, which I guess, <laughs> which is, um, which is a callback to, to Dr. Strangelove. And then, she, and then uh, Winona Ryder's on the ground and says, I'm not Heather, I'm not Heather. And then, and, and this is a different version. And he tells us, I just read a different version of him. And he says, then they both laugh and the credits roll. <laughs> so that would have been awesome. That's though. an like, interesting ending. That's that an ending, interesting ending. And like that and Martha dump truck wins. Then to me, that would have been a, a stronger. Ending she still does because... kind of win because, you know, Heather's decided it's going to be different. We're not going to be crappy to everybody. Yeah. And, you know, you're yeah, but I guess Joe Bob points out in his, in his, commentary about this that it ends up being a very john hughes ending but that was new world that demanded that they make it they demanded the world because they sort of mentioned that they couldn't have because also the other original ending which we can we can cut to the clip of this there's another original ending where winona um there's another original ending that winona talks about on the disc where she um, she basically comes in and makes a big speech and then blows up the school. The initial ending was the bomb was strapped to me and I give this amazing speech on the steps of the school and the camera moves in on my face and then it cuts to black and you hear my voice go boom. But we end in a big prom in heaven with the punch bowl filled with the blue chemical and the fat Martha character singing. And it's like a prom in heaven, basically. And it was it was very nice. But I do love the ending as it is. I don't know if that would have been a great ending, to be honest. Like, I like it up to the prom part. Then I'm like, uh, okay, that's a little yeah. weird. Yeah, but they... Basically, they said the New World was like, you can't have Veronica killing herself because it's a satire of teen suicide. You can't actually end it with an actual suicide. And they said, basically, if you don't change this ending, we don't make the movie. So they basically said that that's that was their one thing. They, they really mm-hmm. their one real joke point. is they weren't ready to make any movies. so that threat should have felt very empty at the time yeah i think that uh if if looking back i don't think they say this but probably daniel waters the writer and michael layman the director probably were like that's probably a time they could have stuck their foot down and said no we really want to keep this ending and they would have been like i don't know you're really the only movies we have left so like okay fine i mean we're going out of business anyway Um, as they speak around candlelight because they can't pay the electric bill right uh, Mark, what, what yeah. do you as they as they write as they write letters to each other with feathers and ink about <laughs> how the ending's going to be because they have no paper or pens. Dear diary, new <laughs> <laughs> world out of money. I need to sharpen this feather. God damn it! <laughs> damn at- these dull feathers. What am I even plucking these? These have to be sharp. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to put the ink on paper. Oh, and the scroll keeps rolling back up, which is a pain in the ass. Because we got these second rate scrolls. (laughs) They're the cheapest scrolls I can get at the scroll store. You know what? Just make your own paper like I do. It's more cost effective. It doesn't roll as easily. Oh, yeah. I would kill to be able to make some papyrus. Uh, Sorry, we can't joke about killing. Oh, right. No, it's not not in this movie. All right, Mark, what did you love and what did you hate? We we, we didn't get to you. <laughs> we, this, this segment's gotten real loose. 
<laughs> got very loose. Like, you uh, know, we like this movie. You know, we're just getting loose. Um, things we loved. Um, like I said, I loved all the scenes with the parents because they're just fantastic. Um, I think that uh, I loved and I loved all the outfits. I loved all of them. I loved all the outfits. Winona, I loved Winona Ryder's shoes. <laughs> yes. I loved, I like that hat under- that she wears to the ah, funeral. I was like, <laughs> all of this. Why hasn't any of this come back? Like yeah. we're all, we've already skipped the eighties revival and we're moving right to the nineties and we missed some real, real key eighties, some real shoulder pads, vest, skirts, <clears throat> boot eighties. And I'm speaking specifically of female dress because I didn't like uh, um, Christian Slater's outfits. It was like sort of that like wannabe goth. Like you didn't really want to commit too hard to it, but I'll wear a trench coat. Yeah, Yeah. like eh, easy. But uh, all the Heathers and Veronica, I mean, their outfits were fantastic. So I love that. Things I hated. Things I hated. Um, I think uh, I hated that they didn't play strip Uno. Yeah. Yeah, that was still a game then, mm. so that could have happened. Uh, I don't, I don't know if there's anything I really hated. Um, it, 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 I think in the commentary they talk a little bit about they didn't always love some of the, you know, saying the derogatory word for homosexual. They didn't love that, but that you know, I think that that was used. Uh, I think they're talking specifically when the jocks sort of grab one of the geeks after the funeral and they make him say, uh, you know, I'll suck your dick and stuff. And they force him to say that. Um, But, you know, they're they're the ones that look like jerks for doing it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. They're not they're making this kid say these bad things. And I I don't think it's particularly, you know, but. And then, um, you know, the lack of diversity. But they're making sort of fun of John Hughes movies and John Hughes movies were pretty lacking in diversity as well. So, but that's something that they were pointing out. And I was like, Oh yeah, I could kind of see that. I don't but, know. John Hughes did cast a redhead. So. He's oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, gingers. <laughs> Ooh, that genetic anomaly. Um, <laughs> um, as I mentioned before, this is the first movie for Michael Lehman, the director, Daniel Waters, the writer, producer, Denise. Right, I hate to interrupt, but I would just like to insert this. Ryan's research, Sarah. Whatever he'll read, he'll read. Ryan's research, Sarah, Sarah. Listen to he, to he. Will he be witty? Will he be fun? Will he have research? He's the one. Okay, so research, so research. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> well, um, it feels uh, like I'm just going to let everyone down now, but <laughs> let's face it. I was going to let everyone down anyway. <laughs> uh, so like I said, this is kind of the first for a lot of the people, the writer, the director, the producer. It was the first big movie for um, Winona Ryder. And what's interesting to me is that what I just noticed, and this is, uh, like I said, very brief, but it's interesting that they actually all work together again many times over. Um, All four of those uh, work together. In fact, right after this one, uh, Michael Lehman and Denovi work together uh, on Meet the Applegates, which is actually the movie that um, Michael Lehman set up with New World. 
he had just come off of USC and he had made a short film called The Beaver Gets a Boner, which Denise Denovi saw. Did Mike, New World make that? Please, please they say they not. made that. It is a short oh. film. He made it for his for USC. Um, there are bits and pieces of it in the Heather's DVD. You get to see scenes of it. But uh, so he had written a he had written the writer of that short film. He, they had wrote a script called Meet the Applegates, which we will talk about in a future episode. Spoiler, <clears throat> Spoiler he, alert! He was he set that up at New World, <laughs> and then he found this script um, that uh, for Heather's because uh, Larry Karaszewski was a guy that that Daniel Waters uh, lived with. He lived with Larry Karaz- uh, Kar- God, I'm going to kill this kill this guy's name. Karaszewski and Scott Alexander, who wrote um, Ed Wood, and they wrote um, um, uh, who uh, Larry Flint. They they like wrote those movies, and most recently Dolomite. And they were actually all living in the same house in Silver Lake. So they got the script over to Michael Lehman. He really liked it. Got it to his agent. She liked it. So they got it to Denise Denovi, and they fast tracked it at New World. So they, of course, then work on Meet the Applegates. But then Denovi and Waters work together again on Batman Returns because Denise Denovi then works, of course, with uh, Winona Ryder uh, because she works on um, Edward Scissorhands. And she starts working a lot for um, Tim Burton. Was then, uh, Batman Returns the Danny DeVito one? Correct. Oh, that fucking sucked. That was so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and around, then, around our house, because of Edward Scissorhands, uh, <laughs> me and the kids, we always say, scissors, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> the way she, Winona Ryder says scissors is scissors. <laughs> Slam on you, Winona. Um, <laughs> well, it's not how to make an American quilt. I mean, that was her peak, right? Nothing is. <laughs> I mean, Daniel Waters, you get to see, has a very uh, kind of a wild uh, uh, resume that he builds from this because he has Batman Returns, but he also worked again with Lehman uh, on Hudson Hawk, which is actually, I don't think, and it's been a long time I've seen it, but not as bad as everyone says it was, but it was obviously a huge failure. And even Daniel Waters has said he cannot disassociate himself with the icy reception that movie received with any praise that somebody might say uh, nowadays. But um, when we're done with all the new world movies, we can watch Hudson Hawk because it's part of the new world averse, right? <laughs> right. I think so. We'll have to see who put that one out. Um, then also Denovi brings waters back on for an uncredited re rewrite white, right? Re wow. Uncredited rewrite. Ryan's of, rap research corner <laughs> of Catwoman. So he did a the draft oh. of Catwoman. Oof. And then he made his uh, directorial debut. This is Daniel Waters of called a movie called Happy Campers. And Denovi was uh, the producer on that. And Daniel Waters then worked again with Winona Ryder almost twenty years later on a movie called Sex and Death One Hundred One. His most recent movie. Uh, he he worked with his brother Mark Waters, who coincidentally um, directed Mean Girls. Uh, mm-hmm. So they both have had their stamp on the teen movie, and both of them have said that a lot of the inspiration for both of those movies was uh, their own sister, um, who, for Heather's in any case, was the one who did the whole. She did she could imitate people's handwriting, and they did that sort of scheme and stuff like that yeah. at her high school. So. But anyway, they wrote, uh, he wrote, and his brother directed 
a movie called Vampire Academy, which came out in 2014. And it is uh, based on a book, a, a bunch of, you know, YA novels, uh, Vampire Academy. And it is about some teenagers and some of them are good vampires. There's bad vampires that loom in the distance. And then there's this half vampire protector humans. And they're all here at this vampire academy. And that would be my pairing with Heather's because it is a, I watched it and I will say it is uh, not great. However, it is interesting to see uh, some of those touches that Daniel Waters tries to put on the movie. The movie, the world of the movie, which clearly comes from the books, is very clunkily done in the movie. And it's partly because they have different names for the good vampires and the bad vampires, which probably is real easy to track in a book and just is sounds like gobbledygook when you are listening to it in the movie. But there are a bunch of lines in there that are very funny. So it still sort of has that thing, but it is it is it uh, as good as Heather's? I don't know. But if you wanted to see a movie that which is clearly trying to rip off Twilight, but is also trying to still be a funny teen coming of age movie, I give you Vampire Academy as a pairing with Heather's. Hmm. Hmm. Erica. Hmm. Uh, my pairing with Heather's would be Drop Dead Gorgeous. Whoa okay because i think Why? then because it's also very funny it's a mockumentary it has the you know it has like kind of a dark theme throughout of you know teens killing teens oh i think it would be funny which is like interesting because actually comedies. i thought we were talking uh, we had talked about earlier we did not get to watch this but you and i were talking about final girls which is a, mm-hmm. a more recent movie which goes back to that article I was talking about, which is about girls that decide to start going on a murderous rampage so that they could then document it on their Instagram and get lots of likes. So it feels like that is the movie that somebody in the comments said, I wonder what was going to happen if you take your revenge out on Twitter or whatever. That's the horror movie right there. Um, Final girls, but that's not what you picked. Um, I didn't know there was murders in that. Drop. I guess there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, that's been a long time since I've seen that one. Mark, what is your pairing for Heather's? Well, I think before I get to my pairing, the thing that I'm a little disappointed, I guess what always disappoints me about movies like Vampire Academy is that there's so much emphasis put on the vampire and not enough on academia. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like yeah. these movies <laughs> miss an True. opportunity. It's like barely academia, a lot of vampires. We should, like, why isn't anyone reversing that? Saying we're going to make a movie that's really about the academy and the academia and the classes, the learning. They just happen to be vampires. Because I think that could be every goodwill vamping. Every movie like that that is like. Goodwill vamping. It's about like a really super smart vampire who works in college, but he's like the janitor vampire. But what I think what Mark's talking about is all these movies have these scenes where like a professor is talking, but then they get interrupted. Hey, Mm -hmm. hey, what if we just see the lesson? Yeah. What if we just. Where's the syllabus? They come in late and they're like, excuse me, but then they take their seat and then we just. We just watch the lesson. We just like yeah. learn for a little while. Yeah. Just a small aside. Give it half an hour. You know, it's like a, it's like it's like, it's like a vampire TED talk. <laughs> it sounds exciting. Yeah, I, I think uh, you're right. I think that's where they went wrong. Yeah. So as for pairings, um, I think I screwed this up because I was thinking 
what would be a good pairing for backyard sports? And I was saying, if you couldn't do croquet, lawn bowling no, would be Mark, a nice pair. No, Mark, it's supposed to be a movie. You are getting... Hmm. Okay, once again, Mark does not understand our new segment, Pairings, which he's supposed to just pick... <laughs> um, croquet, nope. lawn bowling. Nope, nope, nope. I love it. Okay, well, we'll try If you can do one, time. you can do the other. But wait, what's the version of strip lawn bowling? Is that... Is that going to be the next? Go to our Patreon. I'll talk about it. It's going to be a very creepy Patreon, by the way. Very creepy. Are you taking well, a picture think... of me? <laughs> she is taking a picture. We we can see each other, by the way. We we are doing double technology recording and seeing each other on Zoom, so mm. we can so be socially distant. Um, I think that's it for this episode with Heather's. Any final thoughts, guys? I'm sorry. Final thoughts is not a segment. <laughs> so no, no final oh, thoughts. It's wow. Not a segment. Wow. Okay. Well. Hmm. Um. Yeah. We. Uh... <laughs> I'm taking a picture. Erica's just busy taking pictures. Um. That's it for this episode. We we talked about Heather's. It's a really good movie. We may. I think we we have a chance to to see some other movies from this era of New World that could top Heather's. Maybe Tough Turf. Maybe (laughs) Under the Boardwalk, which came out a month later. Who knows? We'll find out in future episodes of the New World podcast. Why don't you check us out? Uh, We are everywhere you can find podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're anywhere you can find podcasts, but namely those three. And you can find us on Instagram and you can meet us on Twitter. I'm looking at you, Omar. Hit us up on Twitter and tell us what jerks we are for bringing up your article. You missed the point of this one, Omar. All right. We will we will see you next time on the New World Podcast. Bye, everybody. Will I eat pastries that day for life? <laughs>